Without repentance, we cannot receive God's heart. Lincoln here from Turn to Burn Family.com's Transformational Man Cave, where we encourage males to crush effeminacy or maliteracy, as we would say, which is where we confuse our gender roles and we do it when we're ignorant, excuse me, on being masculine, and we encourage males to aspire to domestic excellence. We want to welcome you to another one of our excuse me, another one of our in-depth family Bible study series. This one is a life raft on heart dilemma or the dilemma of the heart. It touches on the issue of repentance. And we're going to go into this one for the next couple of weeks. If life is spared, we do hope you join us on this issue of the heart dilemma and what repentance is all about. Thank you for being present with us today. Feel free to share with your family and friends. Have people gather around with you as you listen or share with others and encourage them to become a part of the family family. If you already are part of our family, you have gone to our website, you have registered to be a part of this family. What is repentance? This is something that Jesus spoke about very heavily while he toured earth in flesh, in his own flesh. He's still touring in our flesh now in a sense. But repentance means to have a change of heart and to think differently after a feeling of guilt or conviction for wrongdoing. See 2 Corinthians 7 verse 10 in the Holy Bible. And the easy to read version reads as follows. 2 Corinthians 7 verse 10 says, The kind of sorrow God wants makes people decide to change their lives. This leads them to salvation, and we cannot be sorry for that. But the kind of sorrow the world has will bring death. In Acts 13 verse 24, the Apostle Paul describes repentance as a baptism. This signifies an immersive initiation experience and not just some meaningless repetitive apology. Repentance is genuine and God cannot be fooled. We choose to denounce sin and to call on God because Christ calls all men everywhere to repent in advance of his own judgment. See Acts 17 verse 30. Without repentance, one cannot receive God's heart. But we also cannot fully control repentance as this is a divine experience that the Holy Spirit initiates through conviction, through rebuking, expu- exposing or reproving the flaw of sin and to address righteousness and judgment. See John 16 verse 8 and John 6 verse 44 in the Holy Bible. John 16 verse 8 reads in the easy-to-read version of the of the Holy Bible, When the Helper comes, he will, this is Jesus Christ saying this to his disciples, When the Helper comes, he will show the world, show the people of the world, how wrong they are about sin, about being right with God, and about judgment. The easy-to-read version of the Bible says so. We respond submissively to the promise of conviction from the great God Holy Ghost and that response invites repentance. Repentance implies hating and feeling so guilty 
and of the futility and offensiveness of the old mindset that we abandon ship and start anew. See 2 Corinthians 7 verse 10, as earlier mentioned. In repentance, we focus our attention on a new issue or person to the exclusion of the past. See John 1 verse 29, which reads in the easy-to-read version of the Holy Bible, The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God, he takes away the sins of the world. If I should say to you, pink alligators are ghastly dangerous, so stop thinking about a pink alligator. And no matter what you do, never, under any circumstance, even begin to have the slightest thought of thinking about a pink alligator because if you think of a pink alligator, there will be grave consequences. What are you thinking about now? If I give you a worthy alternative to a pink alligator, then have I been more helpful in your transformation? Repentance is placing the emphasis on living for Christ more so than living against the pink alligator sin. And we're going to continue on this topic after the break. Join the FAMTI Institute today and learn how to make better life choices by cultivating a godly mindset in our Messianic Mentorship programs. All programs are $120 per person monthly, with personal sessions $100 for individuals and $200 for family. We look forward to have you join the conversation at famtfamily.com. Turn to burnedvamptyfamily.com's transformational man cave where we encourage males to crush your feminacy and aspire to domestic excellence. We ended the previous segment of this podcast, of this tour of our heart dilemma life raft on the point that repentance here speaks about placing an emphasis on living for Christ more so than against the pink alligator sin. Many of you may still be thinking about the pink at the pink alligator. However, we're saying that in repentance, we are now focusing our energy on a new obsession in our life, uh, a new passion, and that is love. Thank you for being present, and thank you for rejoining us for those who were here for the previous segment. Acts 3 verse 19 in the Holy Bible says, Repent ye therefore. Be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And this is in the Holy Bible, I believe this is a King James Version. Repentance precedes conversion and refreshing, and except a man is born again, that is regenerated, he's converted, he cannot see the kingdom. See John 3 verse 3. So repentance is critical for the kingdom diaspora. We're making a point that you cannot be regenerated unless you are convicted and you are and you have repented. Repentance comes before conversion. 
Repentance is not apologizing repeatedly for unchanged actions, regardless of how badly we feel, as the feeling is often the weight, the weight of the shame of getting caught, more so than doing the act itself. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 7 verse 10 exhorts that godly repentance leads to salvation, showing the importance of a mind change. The Hebrew word lib, L-E-B, or heart, is mentioned about 485 times just in the Old Testament. I didn't count it, I just did on the Strong's, uh, the Strong's Hebrew Dictionary to give me that. The Koine Greek word cardia is mentioned about 102 times in the New Testament. Therefore, heart is mentioned almost 600 times throughout the Bible. As one brother said, God spent his entire life on earth healing and blessing man, but his greatest miracle is man's repentance. See 2 Peter 3 verse 9 in the Holy Bible. The heart is extremely important to God. The Hebrew lib is defined, or lib, or lib, the Hebrew word heart, lib, is defined as feelings, will, intellect, understanding, wisdom, and center. The Koine Greek word cardia means thoughts, feelings, and middle. When we were created in God's image in the book of Genesis in the Holy Bible and his likeness, we had his heart in us. Acts 13 verse 22 indicates that David was a man who lived according to God's heart, which implies he made divine decisions and he thought God's thoughts. It also means he pursued God's heart in his daily life and he sought God, whether it was shepherding or going into battle. David's life centered on finding God's heart and living out of that intimacy. So seeing that David was a regular guy, every man and woman has the capacity to operate in sync with God's heart in his daily life. However, we lost our connection to God's heart when we fell in the garden. See Genesis 3, that's a biblical narrative of man's fall. It appears that at one time people thought our heart was in our biological center because they viewed the heart as our spiritual center. It does appear that we live spiritually and physically or based around or based on the quality of our heart. Why should I repent? What's wrong with my unrepentant heart? We're going to explore those, those thoughts now. Genesis 6 verses 5 to 6 reveals that God has a heart and a precursor to God's deluge or flood and the apocalypse is man's continually wicked and evil thoughts and imaginations. Our untamed heart is the only reason for God's wrath as we provoked him by abusing his image and likeness and then ignoring our, our Savior and his our Savior, his only quote-unquote forgotten son, Jesus of Nazareth, and grieving and quenching his spirit. We're going to pause here for today on this, this point, why should we repent? We're trying to make the point that the unrepentant heart is poisonous. It is rotten. It will destroy us. 
but even with that heart we can make a choice to give up on our old thought life and to be regenerated through Jesus Christ which is the only way we can be regenerated uh, be regenerated into back into the image of God which is the good news of the gospel we can experience a heart change as Ezekiel 36 26 tells us but we're going to pause on, to, on that for today and we're going to continue if life is spared on this topic of repentance or the heart dilemma the dilemma of the heart and what the god what does this mean for the gospel what does the gospel mean for our heart for our or thought life for the chaotic thought life that man tends to be inflicted with without the transformation of jesus christ we do encourage you to share your reactions with us at FAMT, sorry, connect at famtfamily.com. You can also visit our website, famtfamily.com. We encourage you to give us your reactions on the various platforms, Spotify, Google, Google, Apple, uh, as well as this part, this platform here in Anchor as to how you, how this is impacting your life, uh, how it is helping people that you may be sharing it with their questions and reactions and things that you disagree with please include us in the discussion that you may be having on this topic of repentance share this in your family unit which is the original intent but we understand that it's being used in many ways this content is being used in many ways but we do intend heavily that men especially should lead our families into these discussions into these points and to lead them to a greater understanding of what the biblical narrative is trying to, sh- to show us, not our own opinions and not our, what we are trying to shape the Bible to be. We also encourage you to become a part of our family family by going to www.famtyfamily.com, registering for the ministry tools that are there to help you to be a messianic family. Lincoln encouraging you, thanking you for your time, and encouraging you to have a great day crushing effeminacy or maliteracy as we say here why rob god in this world of you and your family and until next time be nuclear i slip by the mirror that reflects perfection the image of evil transmits no reflection and tippy-toe up the staircase the seventh step creaking its greeting turn sharply into my coffin to shed my epidermis of cotton or sheepskin the werewolf unveiling the wolf in sheep's clothing my fangs poorly hidden surrounded by other wolves doing the same thing the hypocrisy of the daily circus, whether in the church building or office. It's the same feeling. Did I get away again in a fishbowl soaked in pain? The domestic fights we think none heard doesn't even move the tiniest herd. The society immuned to the werewolf's howl. Yet still, we keep monsters under our suits. The tiny werecubs look also oh cute, thinking Abba doesn't care enough to free us 
we live embracing a mind trap so dangerous. The resurrected king's bride evades the werewolf's fangs until gunshots barge into our office and churches. Our schoolrooms have become teenage ranges. Video games train them to master the trigger, giving a new meaning to trigonometry. So fresh meat piles up in our cemetery, avoiding the gospel cause of religious ambush. The lies of tradition makes a great smokescreen for wolves on the pulpit licking their lips. Pervertedly staring at little boy's hips, no one smelling the werewolf at bay. A werecub birthed on pornography caused sex class in church is just not holy. Bylaws ensuring the wolf's dominance. And religion can't keep men from other men's pants thinking stone cold laws can undo man's flaws. The mistake revealed by the semen filled drawers that accompanies your son home from daycare. So let's just continue to ignore those stairs, the persistent itchiness beneath those neat suits. Just maybe the signal to rescue our youth. But have they already been bitten? God's wrath. Lincoln here from Turn to Burn, FamilyFamily.com's transformational man cave. We encourage males to crush effeminacy and maliteracy and aspire to domestic excellence. We are continuing on our life wrap tour of the Heart Dilemma series, and we have gone through in the last in the last session, the last audio session, the fact that the the, the deluge or the flood that man experienced thousands of years ago what they call Noah's flood which really is God's flood that was that precursor was how terrible and rotten man's heart was at that time even intermingling with spiritual and divine beings that were not that was not supposed to happen and that becoming a global phenomenon that wickedness in man's heart becoming a global phenomenon that God addressed with his wrath so we're making the point today that our untamed heart is the only reason for god's wrath thank you for being present with us this today or whatever time of the day it is for you as we said our untamed heart is the only reason for god's wrath as we provoked him by abusing his image his perfect image and his likeness and then ignoring our savior his only as we say, forgotten son, Jesus of Nazareth, the Messiah, and grieving and quenching his Holy Spirit. God's heart is his thought center, as described in Matthew 5, 1 to 16. Many people call that the Beatitudes. And his heart is also described in Philippians 2 and throughout the entire scriptures. God has emotions as well, and his heart is affected by our heart and our circumstances, as Hebrews 4, 15 tells us. 
and that says jesus our high priest is able to understand our weaknesses when jesus lived on earth he was tempted in every way he was tempted in the same way we are tempted but he never sinned i believe that's the easy to read version of the holy bible says that of hebrews 4 15. so man who is spiritual lives aware man so man who is spiritual lives aware and concerned about how our heart our thought center how our feelings how our emotions and our drive affects god's heart that is we live in the fear of god whilst man who is not yet transformed lives antichrist as he is clueless as to how he impacts god's heart and how god wants to impact his Genesis 8.21 tells us that the Lord smelled these sacrifices and it pleased him. The Lord said to himself, I will never, I will never curse the earth as a way to punish people. People are evil from the time they are young. But I will never again destroy every living thing on the earth as I did this time. That is after the deluge, the people call this the Noah flood, which was really God's flood. God calls the flood, not Noah. But after that, Noah made a sacrifice. After he, after the, the earth, the water, the water receded and the ark landed, many people say, on Mount Arawat. In, and I believe that might be biblical. But he came out, he gave a sacrifice. And after that is where God, God reveals that uh, this, this promise in Genesis 8 verse 21. We see again, Noah's sacrifice was able to impact God. Genesis 8 verse 21 reveals that without being born again, man's unrepentant heart is evil from his youth. The cutest of babies are antichrist in their selfish approach to food, toys, and attention. Now, I'm not making the argument for what people call original sin. I'm making this discussion that we, we see a manifestation of sin even in young babies. We're not saying where that sin came from, but we're just making the point that even in babies, that many people say don't have that level of accountability we still see selfishness and we still see antichrist behavior genesis 8:21 also reveals that god's heart is compassionate to man and he wants to pay attention and he wants man to pay attention to him mark 7 verses 21 to 23 in the holy bible reveals the evil in man's heart Proverbs 22 verse 15 exhorts that a child's heart is bound or knit to foolishness. A child's heart is committed to perversion and immaturity. Genesis 42 28, 1 Samuel 17 32 indicate that man's sinful heart can fail him. Hence, we should not trust our heart outside God. We're going to continue on this point of not trusting our heart outside of a transformation in Christ right after the break. Join the Family Institute today and learn how to make better life choices by cultivating a godly mindset in our Messianic Mentorship programs. All programs are $120 per person monthly, with personal sessions $100 for individuals and $200 for family. We look forward to have you join the conversation at famtfamily.com.
Morgan here from Turn to Burn Fancy Family.com's Transformational Man Cave. We are continuing on our Life Raft Tour of the Heart Dilemma series, addressing this issue of the state of man's untransformed heart, the heart that has not been born again. We just made the point that <clears throat> we should not and we cannot trust our heart outside God in the previous segment of this audio session. Thank you for being present with us today. Those who are just joining us, we are grateful for your attention. And those who are continuing, we say big up in Jamaica. Now this discussion that we we cannot and should not trust our heart outside a divine relationship with God, which is only possible through Jesus Christ the Messiah, is a significant reason for issues such as divorce and fatherless homes and domestic abuse. Exodus 7 verses 22 to 23, John 12 verse 40, Romans 2 verse 5, etc. in the Holy Bible imprint that our hearts can be hardened and set against God. That is, man has a callously stubborn and antichrist heart. Again, we are not making the point about original sin that man, many original sin issue is that man has no choice but to sin. We're not making that point. We're just making the point that man makes decisions. We have observed, and the, the scriptures teach this also, man is observed as making, excuse me, deliberately making choices that go against God, that man is observed as a being that uh, comes out, that seems to have this tendency to make choices deliberately that go against God's heart. So interestingly, carnal man uses the measure of faith that God provided that God provided him against God by being stubborn. Romans 12, 3, we're simply saying here that stubbornness is simply using God's faith against him. Because stubbornness, when we the same term faith, is where we make we're stubborn in favor of God, where regardless of what happens to us. We continue to trust God and that's still a kind of stubbornness if you use the word stubborn in a more broader sense that faith is stubbornness but stubbornness in favor of God while you know people normally look at stubbornness in a bad sense faith in a sense is being stubbornly pro-Christ or anti-world whilst unbelief is being stubbornly anti-Christ or pro-Satan Either way you take it, we are being stubborn in some regard, whether as a believer or an unbeliever in Christ. And that is what our our untransformed heart makes us stubborn against Christ. And the transformed heart makes us stubborn for Christ. Unbelief is a natural manifestation of the unrepentant heart and vice versa. Again, we use the term repentant. We defined it in a previous audio session where we feel remorse about how our heart, our heart operates, the state of our heart, the state of our choices, the state of our goals, our dreams, ambitions, the state of our logic. And we, we make a choice to forsake that way of thinking and to ascribe to a different way of thinking. Exodus 36 verse 2 details that hearts can become lazy when not stirred to work. Again, we're just going through some other other observations about the unrepentant heart. Numbers 32 verse 7 in the Holy Bible indicate that hearts can be discouraged. Deuteronomy 6 verse 5 to 6, 5 to 6 indicate that a heart can be compartmentalized and empty of God's word leading to lukewarmness and practical atheism even where people bodily come to something called a church. 
so when the lord he has to tell us he has to command us to love the lord thy god with all our heart all our soul all our mind and i think christ adds strength and this is something that is relevant for man because we can compartmentalize and break up and segment our heart into different parts i will only care about those close to me or and these are some things that the untransformed mind thinks i will only care about and i will only love those who love me back i will only love my friends etc that's a type of way where you compartmentalize your heart and only love specific and only show appreciation for specific people so god has to tell us to love the lord love him with everything so sometimes people will love the lord with a kind of of, of sunday worship but they so they compartmentalize god to sunday and then the rest of the week is there and that is not what god is saying here but that's the kind of heart that we have when we're not transformed where we can only love those who are nice to us we can only love the lord our god on sunday and we can segment and separate our hearts from god's heart Deuteronomy 28 verse 65 revealed that hearts can get timid and 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 revealed that the spirit of timidity and that's not to be confused with meekness and gentleness is antichrist. The spirit of not being bold is antichrist. We're not saying that people should be rude but when people are bold for Christ that is different that is that is boldness and that's that's not timidity the, the heart that is antichrist is coward it's a heart that is not bold for christ psalm 41 verse 6 acts 5 verse 3 say a man's heart can lie and be vain and proverbs says both are holy abominations see proverbs 6 16 to 19 in the holy bible now we're going to continue on the issues of our heart the bad state of our heart the reason why we need a, div a divine heart surgery and a heart transplant in god's eyes why we need to be born again because the heart that we generally associate with from our birth the heart that man has been observed with before we are born again is a destructive heart is a poisonous heart it is a ravenous heart to destroy man and to oppose god and we are going to continue on this in other audio sessions in the future life is spirit we thank you for your attention and your time now our call to action is that we encourage you to share this with your friends share this with your family share this with yourself we encourage you to investigate the biblical references that we've given you for yourself don't trust us uh, we you don't you don't even know who we are but take this as an invitation to explore these scriptures for yourself explore the basis of what we're saying based on your own observation of who you are and what you see man to be you can always debate the bible as whether it's correct or not but we know that the, a lot of the things that the scriptures say is accurate and still relevant to our lives and the scriptures can be trusted we just don't want to trust the scriptures uh, we just don't want to trust christ that's my observation as well we encourage you to become a part of our family family at familyfamily.com if you want a strong family that's able to address the heart dilemma that we are addressing that we're we are describing because your family is probably already experiencing this heart dilemma you yourself might already be experiencing this it might already be destroying your family you may be going through divorce you may be going through uh, a rebellious child situation you may be going through uh, a real rut in your marriage etc and your parenting your children may be going maybe not ex not 
experiencing a good parenting experience from you etc all this can be linked back linked back to one thing your heart and we encourage you to look at our programs at the family family become a part of our or of this discussion by giving us a call on anchor if you're part of the anchor platform if you're not you can email us at connect c-o-n-n-e-c-t at familyfamily.com and you've heard of other other elements of our call to arms in previous audio sessions. Lincoln encouraging you to have a great day trusting literacy. Sorry, to have a great day defeating and crushing literacy. There again comes uh, that that side of the heart that we're trying to 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 destroy. So why rob God and this world of you and your family? And until next time, be nuclear. Join the FAMTI Institute today and learn how to make better life choices by cultivating a godly mindset in our Messianic Mentorship programs. All programs are $120 per person monthly with personal sessions, $100 for individuals and $200 for family. We look forward to have you join the conversation at famtfamily.com. Unrepentant man has a heart problem. Lincoln here from Turn to Burn, FamilyFamily.com, transformational man cave, where we encourage males to crush effeminacy and maliteracy and aspire to domestic excellence. We are continuing on our audio sessions with in the Life Raft Life Raft series on the heart dilemma of man. We have been doing this for the past couple of days intermittently and we hope this is a blessing for you we are seeking to make us make man and the listeners know that where we don't repent we are going to perish as christ says repent or perish because the heart that we have is not that christ is being wicked but we understand that we have a heart disease where we don't repent christ is acknowledging their observation that the man that does that holds on to his original thought center his existing thought center his existing logic his existing goals and dreams outside of christ that man is heading for destruction that man is heading for doom man here meaning human man or woman is heading for doom we went through some of the characteristics of that untransformed heart in the previous audio sessions thank you for being present with us today in our last audio session, we ended saying that the untransformed heart can lie and can be vain and provides, and Proverbs sorry, says both are holy abominations. Lying and vanity are holy abominations in Proverbs 6 verse 16 to 19. For Second Chronicles 26 verse 16, which is another reference from the Holy Bible, says a heart can get proud and exalted against God. We see that as one of the reasons why even the Antichrist, sorry, not Antichrist, the devil, Satan, who is the Antichrist's head, he got proud and exalt, sought to exalt himself against Yahweh Elohim. And we know the consequence of that from the biblical narrative. Psalm 1 verse 4 to 5 says, A heart can get perverted and proud 
perverted here means twisted and transformed into something that is not its original purpose and it can be proud as we said before this can explain why after the so-called church benediction a seemingly logical and normal person can backtalk their parents resume playing antichrist music and resume and video games molest their children and shoot their spouse and then themselves second chronicles 26 16 says but when he was strong his heart was lifted up to his destruction for he transgressed against the lord his god went into the temple of the lord to burn incense upon the altar of incense in the king james version and we urge you to explore and research what that narrative was all about psalms 17 78 verses 17 to 19 says a heart can become provoking and complaining against god and we know according to the biblical narrative what happened to his own Eberites and beloved hebrews in the wilderness when they complained against yahweh elohim the story there says that only two of the original hebrews caleb and joshua made it into the promised land everybody else died in the desert in the wilderness because they complained and they grieved god's heart jeremiah 17 1 to 10 says says man's heart is desperately wicked above all things and only god can search it can explore it can unravel that heart that means that man's heart can surprise even him with evil imaginations as a senior pastor says without god there is no stopping man's evil it means here that you within without the transformation of the gospel of the messianic but being born again being regenerated in the image of christ as jesus said in john 3 3 the heart you have is out of your control even you don't know what the evil is in that heart you cannot even search your own heart fully explore you cannot even unearth the evil that is within that heart without the transformation that's what jeremiah 17 1 to 10 says only god can search the heart of man you will wonder where it is that those harsh words came that i use against my my kids where did those harsh words came that i use against my husband or my wife my mom my dad the people that you claim to love and are close to you even you will be surprised by the things that heart can 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 manifest where it is not transformed and that's a very dangerous thing where we claim to love people but we are the source of of evil imaginations that will surprise even us and that's another reason why it's important to be transformed through the gospel through the regeneration that comes from knowing jesus christ and we're going to continue on this uh, on this lesson audio audio session right after the break join the family institute today and learn how to make better life choices by cultivating a godly mindset in our messianic mentorship programs all programs are $120 per person monthly with personal sessions $100 for individuals and $200 for family we look forward to have you join the conversation at famtfamily.com Lincoln here from turn to burn family family.com's transformational man cave 
We're continuing on this audio session on man's heart problem, the heart dilemma in man. This is from our Life Wrapped series on the heart dilemma, man's heart dilemma. We ended the previous audio session, previous segment, on the discussion that our heart can surprise us with evil imaginations. Only God can search man's heart and you you have essentially within you, if you're not transformed, a ticking time bomb, a nuclear weapon that can explode at any time with evil imaginations and those around you are in grave danger the operative word grave if you are not transformed if your heart is not transformed through the gospel of jesus christ thank you for being present and for those who are joining us in this segment we urge you to go back to the previous audio session uh, after you listen or before hopefully before you listen to this segment and also to share with your friends and family and uh, to to be open to some of this content because we're not saying that you are a basket case we're just saying that without christ we start off with a usain bolt start but we know that usain bolt finishes strong you can change you can finish strong with the new heart that christ has thank you for being present with us i think i said that before now a man's heart has evil imaginations that can surprise even him luke 12 34 now teaches that man's non-born again, non-regenerated mind center is money-hungry, not God-hungry. That man, that human, if it's offensive to feminists, that human will sell out anyone at some convenient price because of where his treasure is. That versus where your treasure is, where your, that's where your heart will be also. Without Christ, if you haven't sold out or sold out someone close to you, your price just hasn't been reached yet. There is no trust in someone who doesn't have God's heart in them. And there are stories of cultures that moms will send their daughters out to prostitute themselves and their sons to prostitute themselves to bring home money for the house. A mom will say to their daughter, you can't live here and you don't bring something in. What do you think you, what we have been growing you for? And that seems to be a growing phenomenon in some cultures where little girls are forced to, in a sense, prostitute them, and boys, prostitute themselves to bring home something. And that is a sign of a mom who was sold out to her family, a man who was sold out his family because of that heart that is within them. The heart's hardness, so we're saying here that there's no trusting someone who doesn't have God's heart in them. The heart's hardness grieves Christ. See Mark 3 verse 5 in the Holy Bible. And that to me is one elite reason for spiritual formation and spiritual fitness and repentance. As we are strongly exhorted to not grieve God through brother Paul in Ephesians 4.30. So we should and can seek the baptism and we are saying the baptism is an initiative, uh, uh, immersive initiative experience where you're in over your head. We want this baptism, an over our head experience of repentance to receive God's heart and to quickly abandon our old destructive and antichrist heart. The Christians should not be today why we should repent. But why should we stay with the same heart? If we see that we do our heart ECG and we get back something that shows a heart that is in us, a heart of stone and not a heart of flesh, 
let's say your doc you went for your checkup the doctor says you know what you have a heart that has uh, you have a stone heart in you it's not even expanding and contracting there would be no hesitation around doing a heart surgery in a physical sense but spiritually we have a hesitation with a message of the gospel that tells us that hey this is an observation in the biblical narrative that two-third let's say the old testament dominates the bible and the old testament is heavily a story of man's rejection of god and the story of god reaching out to that man and no matter what god does that man refuses to see that god is a loving and good god and you the problem is with us we continue to blame god for everything bad that happens in this world and we're seeing that that complaining and that proudful that on that at heart that refuses to see the goodness of god that heart is something that we have to give up on if we want to survive when jesus says repent or perish he is urging us not to push our finger in that electric socket anymore there is no sane reason for man to hold on to the heart that is not transformed anyway we're going to pause on this audio session today hopefully if life is spirit we're going to be we're going to change up our format of of audio sessions we're just going to release audio sessions on the weekend and hopefully you can watch on these throughout the week so hopefully if life is spirit next weekend we're going to continue with this topic of what is the dilemma of man's heart and we are we are hoping that you share this with your friends share your comments and questions with us keep us in this discussion that you may be having with your friends and family if you're on the anchor platform we urge you to send your discussions through a a voice note on anchor if you're not which we are seeing the bulk of our listeners are not on the anchor platform you can email us those of us those of you who may have our whatsapp information you can whatsapp me and those who don't can email us at connect at famtfamily.com you can visit our website famtfamily.com you can also visit us on our facebook handle at famtstrong and you can also include your discussions there where you where you have questions about some of this content we don't want to urge you we don't want to create a situation where we're just dogging people out but or however we want to have an honest discussion because we know that many of us have questions about why we behave the way we behave why we think the thoughts we do or many of us and how we can fix this issue we are just stating the issue that is at hand the pain point and the problem we're going to get into solution shortly but we hope or however we hope that we can be honest to the realization that we have a problem without christ and we are the ones that are responsible for accepting the solution which is christ we encourage you to have a great day great week crushing effeminacy why rob god and this world of you and your family and until next time be nuclear god has no dilemma we do Lincoln here from Turn to Burn FamilyFamily.com's Transformational Man Cave, where we encourage males to crush effeminacy and maliteracy and to aspire to domestic excellence. We have been going through this audio rally on the heart dilemma, man's dilemma of how he thinks without being transformed by the blood of Christ, by the gospel of Jesus Christ. We ended our previous audio session with the statement that when we see our heart through the lens of God's word we don't ask why should we repent but we really ask the question 
why should we stay the same? Why should we not repent when we see how destructive our old heart is? The heart that is not transformed by the blood of Christ, the sacrifice that Christ made through giving his life for us on the cross thousands of years ago as the biblical narrative reveals. Today, we are going into this issue of the dilemma. We have been speaking about the heart dilemma for quite a while now. And now we're going into a little more discussion on the dilemma that we have. Not God. And many people preach that God has a dilemma and then he had to send his son because he was in a heart. Because what Adam did, God put God in a, in a, between a rock and a hard place, etc. And we understand that's a view that's out there, but we have another view. We have a dilemma. So what is the dilemma? A dilemma generally is defined as a difficult choice which exists between at least two equally undesirable outcomes. For example, choosing to avoid beautifully grilled T-bones or waiting for cancer. Another dilemma, another example of a dilemma could be not cheating on your wife now or preparing for a nasty divorce later. Genesis 1 to 2 shows man was made solely to be in love with God, Yahweh Elohim, the father of Christ, and, well, God in the general sense, which we know is God in his, his, in his multiple nature, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And man was made to reflect the image of God whilst being around the chaos of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That's what the biblical narrative tells us in Genesis 1 to 2. So we were made to be around the tree of knowledge of good and evil and to not partake in it. However, with our fall in Genesis 3, we are attracted to an antichrist heart from Adam's from Adam. Adam is the first human created. And Romans 5:12 tells us that man is without being transformed by Christ, we are trans we are attracted to a destructive heart, a destructive logic, a destructive thought center. But only the pure in heart will see God. And that is referenced in Psalm 24 verse 4 and Matthew 5 verse 8. And those who don't see God will be severely punished for using God's vessel for demonic worship. See here meaning to interact, engage with God, to have a relationship with God. Many people teach a pseudo-gospel of as God having a dilemma and having to bail himself out by sending Christ his only begotten son, the son of man. God is in no dilemma as that would sort of unravel his omniscience, meaning that he knows everything beforehand. He is the answer to man's dilemma, which he continues to be for his name's sake. The time we see God repenting or changing his mind signify his emotional nature in Genesis 6 verse 6 not any surprise about man God's heart can feel pain and sorrow too and throughout the scriptures he doesn't shy away from being publicly emotional as Jesus wept emotions are a part of God's deoxyribonucleic acid God's DNA where do we think we got them from in the first place? Emotions are not a sign of being out of control or in some dilemma about your character. So God, by being emotional, is not in a dilemma about who he is. But like a great white shark, God needs no defense. So we're going to leave that discussion 
in the air about whether we are in a dilemma or God is in a dilemma and if God being emotional means that he does not know beforehand what is going to happen. The state of man's heart is critical in our relationship with Christ. Man lives from his heart's storehouse. Luke 6 verse 45, which is a reference in the Holy Bible, says that the good man brings forth good from his heart's storehouse and the evil man likewise. We're going to continue on this right after the break. He turns ex-saints to saints, for those who his blood paints. The greatest commission to open hell's prison and transform its ex-cons. The thug's reconciliation to God's only forgotten son, for those who repent and receive salvation to turn from ain'ts to saints, from those who his blood paints. To snatch reprobates from eternal gloomy fates, he took the pain for our mistakes on him. Our futures are no more grim. If we will turn from sin and believe, he turns ex-aints to saints for those who his blood paints. The greatest commission to open hell's prison and transform its ex-cons. The thug's reconciliation to God's only forgotten son for those who believe and repent. The link in here from Turn to Burn Family.com's Transformational Man Cave. We are continuing on this audio rally and encouragement on this issue of the heart dilemma of man we ended the previous segment on the topic that we live from our heart our heart is like a storeroom heart here meaning our thought center or logic or emotions the decision making center or cpu from which we make choices in which we live and this is like a storeroom like a warehouse from which we live the good man and we reference Luke 6.45, which tells us that the good man brings forth from his heart good and the evil man likewise. And we are thanking you for being present. We thank you for your views, etc. And we hope that you're present with us today. Today is uh, Thanksgiving Day and we're thankful for your, your energy. We're thankful for your thoughts. We're thankful for you and for God giving us this privilege to share this thought from the gospel with you. Proverbs 4 verse 23 tells us the importance of guarding our thought center as from it comes the issues, boundaries, outgoings of life. Author and philosopher James Allen copies Christ from this verse with the saying, as a man thinketh, so is he. That's a pretty good book also if you're interested in reading it. Our hearts are important as it defines us. Furthermore, St. Luke 8 verse 10 to 15 imprints that man's spiritual hearing or discernment is through his heart. St. Luke 8 verse 12 says that the devil takes away words from out of man's heart. And verse 15 of Luke 8 says that man in an honest and good heart hears the word. So we hear not from our ears or physical ears, but we hear from our heart in a spiritual sense. We hear 
from our thought center and from the way we understand things. The koine or the street Greek word for here used is the word aku, also which means understanding and speaks to the center for reasoning and logic. Brother Paul, which is I believe the most famous apostle second to Christ in the New Testament, teaches in Romans 10 verse 10 that it is with our heart that we believe unto righteousness and righteousness here means innocence and being declared not guilty. Acts 8 verse 21 further details a brother who believed in Christ but his heart was not right with God so he was basically excommunicated by Paul. The point being that based on this scripture track we are encouraged to fellowship with those with a right heart. So if our heart is unrepentant, there are five areas, five questions that we want to ask you. With an unrepentant heart, one, can we have a proper spiritual storehouse for life? Two, can we adequately appreciate Christ's divinity? Three, can we see or experience God? With an unrepentant heart, can we, four, effectively fellowship? And can we believe unto righteousness with an unrepentant heart? So here is the dilemma that we, not God, find ourselves in. We have a bad, toxic toxic heart that we are very fond of. We love our black heart. This heart is crucial though as it defines us. It supplies our spirituality. It determines our intimacy with Abba Yahweh Elohim the Father of Christ. It controls our heart, controls our communications and our ability to understand the gospel. And it controls our spiritual fitness and formation and access to fellowship. We are not convinced our heart is bad. And if it is, we are not confident in the solution because we do not trust the cardiologist, which is Jesus Christ. We think the cardiologist is just trying to rob us and somehow disadvantage us. This is a demonic lie, as God does not want or need man's old heart, as he already has a perfect one. God wants to get rid of our old, untransformed heart and give us a new one, totally one that is totally synced or harmonized with his in fact, God wants us to be totally born again. See Ezekiel 36, 26, John 3, verse 3 in the Holy Bible. God already has a solution to our global coronary heart disease because we were made to have his perfect heart in us. Ezekiel 36, 26 in the Holy Bible tells us, I will also put a new spirit in you to change your way of thinking. I will take out the heart of stone from your body and give you a tender human heart. This is the extent, the easy to read version of the Holy Bible. The heart in us will determine our character and image. See Proverbs 4.23, Colossians 3.10, Luke 6.45. Godly heart, godly image. Demonic heart, demonic image. And demons meaning people who are messengers of the devil, not just the spiritual beast, the spiritual evil ones, but humans who also uh, commit their lives to being antichrist, are on a one-way trip to hell. And that is Matthew 25, verse 41 in the Holy Bible. We're going to continue on this right after the break.
Join the Family Institute today and learn how to make better life choices by cultivating a godly mindset in our messianic mentorship programs. All programs are $120 per person monthly, with personal sessions $100 for individuals and $200 for family. We look forward to have you join the conversation at famtfamily.com. Lincoln's still continuing on this audio rally on man's heart dilemma. We thank you for being present with us. We ended the previous segment on the point that our heart determines our image. If you have a godly heart, you have a godly image. Demonic heart, demonic, demonic image. And we are making the point that demons, which are not just the, the ugly the spiritual beings that people think about in horror, horror movies, but demons include humans who are controlled by the devil are on their way to hell and that's what matthew 25 41 tells us we're on our way to hell because we held on to a heart that we were not meant to operate from thank you for being present if i didn't say that before it is a miracle that after man messes up and invites destruction on himself that beneath that pungently bad heart god still sees the possibility of a return of his image in man Man is so hypocritical though that he will trust a fallible human cardiologist who shows him some imperfect pictures called an EKG and he shows you those results and other tests and that imperfect human doctor claims to reveal clogged arteries, damaged valves and aortas etc. Man's heart however without the transformation of the gospel seems attracted to program, seems attracted to ignore the perfect God regardless of whether he sacrifices his own innocent son the fullness of the Godhead to give man a good heart man's heart without God's transformation is so wicked he needs no training to sin think of what you need to, needed to do to become a sinner absolutely nothing as we were born in sin romans 3 23 psalm 58 3 psalm 51 5. the rub is that even though we were born in sin meaning that we were born in this world where the people around us sin the atmosphere is ripe for sin we weren't born to sin and all will be held accountable for perfection and nothing less See Genesis 17.1, Matthew 5.48. Again, we're not making the argument for original sin, meaning man has no choice to sin. But we use the choice that we were given by God. And this is the observation in the biblical narrative that without the transformation of the gospel, man uses his choice to sin. Man is a free agent and uses his choice to sin. And in that practice of using your choice to sin, you become a slave to sin over that process. My, inv my investigation of the Hebrew and Koine Greek words for perfect, namely tamim and teleos, hopefully I'm pronouncing it right, I'm not a Hebrew or Greek scholar, both mean complete and spotless. We will all be placed on a scale with Christ on the other end, and only those who balance the scale 
that is those who have a similar heart like Christ are righteous and can have a relationship with God only the pure in heart will see God as Matthew 5 tells us man is so blind here is what we do a man goes to the cardiologist hears he has a coronary heart disease sorry he has coronary heart disease and atherosclerosis he continues to eat two pizzas a day drink soda because he loved pizza and soda but he takes his aspirin aka Sunday service so he thinks he is fine his heart is passionate about his destruction and is indifferent or lukewarm about his salvation Luke 13.3 is not God condemning man but God warning man about the spiritual suicide he is committed daily by ignoring him. God is warning humans, man and woman, that there is nothing good about his unrepentant heart, as Ezekiel 36.26 tells us. So if man turns to God, he already has a new heart ready to give man. If man trusts him enough, man doesn't have to wait on a heart donor and find a match and wonder if there will be any heart rejection or other complications. Christ is the universal heart donor and his heart transplants have never failed. No one has ever had to file a malpractice suit against Christ. He also has a new spirit to go along with the heart so man will not end up right back where he was rescued from if he lives sensitive to God's heart. And we're going to continue on this topic right after the break. Lincoln here from Turn to Burn, continuing again on our Heart Dilemma Rally. We're grateful for your presence with us. We have been going through this audio session on how we think without the transformation of the gospel and how destructive it is, and the fact that we have a process of the gospel or the good news of the gospel that walks us through a process where we can give up our old heart and we can get a heart from Christ from God that will be beneficial to us a thought process a logic a way of thinking and decision making that is actually constructive rather than destructive we're so grateful for your presence with us now how do I repent where we feel now that we see that we have a problem and we want to change. How do we do this? Man feels that he can change his heart himself. However, Psalm 33:15 details that it is God who forms and fashions hearts. God's word teaches that the goodness of God leads to repentance. See Romans 2 verse 4 in the Holy Bible. And so, believers must follow Christ's example and display God's goodness to set the stage for man's repentance. We also understand that humans has humans have a special heart that no man, sorry, no man has a special heart as all hearts are fashioned alike. We're making the point that nobody's heart is really unique. Yes, all hearts tend to be a little different, but that the, the, the scriptures teach here in Romans 2, 4, that hearts are fashioned alike. So if Revelation 5, verse 9 and Revelation 7, 9 are cor- correctly up applied and understood, there will be representatives from all people groups in heaven. This implies that someone from every inhabited part of this planet 
will experience God's heart transplant as no one can see God without being pure in heart. If some and if somehow God's word is true, that's a rhetorical statement, that all hearts are alike, no one has a reasonable excuse for keeping their untransformed heart. We're making the point that people all over the world are going to are going to be seen in heaven. That's what the Bible ends up telling us in telling us in Rome in Revelations. So if it is that there's going to be a person from every single part of this planet, what's your excuse for not getting a new heart? Ezekiel 36 verses 26 to 27 is clear that God does the heart transplant. Man's job is to trust in his cardiologist. Even Duke University's Dr. Thomas Bayshore, arguably one of the world's best cardiologists, probably won't do a good job operating on his own heart. But somehow, we think that we can do our own heart transplant. In repenting, we come face to face to how disgustingly bad our heart is. But we are convinced by the Holy Spirit that we can be better if we trust God. Proverbs 3.6, John 3.16 We are devastated by how horrific our heart is. But more so, we are impressed by the surgical prowess of our divine cardiologist, the Holy Spirit, to handle our spiritual coronary heart disease. Our carnal heart doesn't excuse us in divine judgment. We are not helpless doomed sinners as God has given us choice. Now God never gave man free will. And that's another discussion. Me and my baby sister, we had a very good discussion on this at the start of this year. Christ's model prayer in Matthew 6 and his nevertheless prayer in Gethsemane says, Thy will be done, signaling that to worship God our choices must submit to God's will. Choice is the act of making a decision, whilst free will is power to choose without consequences or reward. Man messed up and was evicted from paradise as, as his access to Eden was conditional on him making choices like God. Without this, man could destroy the garden and be eternally stuck in that quality of life with access to eternal life. Let's remember that God is holy and so his decision-making standard must be met if man is to relate to him, which is the purpose of making man in his image. All images need a source to reflect. If we had free will, how could we act independently from God and still be his image? Additionally, if we had free will, then our choices would not be rewarded with heaven or punished with hell because there's no consequence to our choices. Man is essentially a transmitter for the spirit realm on earth. Man's decision-making capacity capacity is a curse without God as fallen people choose to destroy their families and their communities and their own lives. They choose to worship themselves and devolve into primates. We're going to pause on this for today. We're going to hopefully continue on This is Life is Spirit. We urge you to give us your questions, comments, and feedback. And we're going to be continuing on this after the break. to our audio rally on the heart dilemma life raft we have been going through 
man's heart problems his heart disease his mental heart spiritual heart disease called sin and how that disease impacts the consequences and rewards of our life and we ended our previous audio segment on the point that our decision-making capacity is really a curse without Christ, without the transformation of the gospel. And we're now going to be continuing on this. We're grateful for your presence with us today. Choices have consequences and rewards, with the ultimate consequence, our identity. Even for Yahweh God, his choice to save the world cost him everything in Christ is only begotten son God gave standing and unfallen humans the power to enjoy or as some people say full joy the perfect paradise of the garden of eden with one restriction to not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil Yahweh Elohim gave his creation power to choose and equipped him in Genesis 1 verse 26 to 28 God does not give us gifts we weren't designed to handle, as he gave global authority to man in his image and likeness. Yes, God gave the Hebrews the Egyptian wealth in Exodus 12.36 in the Holy Bible, but they were equipped with the capacity to use it to glorify him and not make a golden calf as God's perfect presence was visibly with them. See Exodus 13. 21 to 22. There are many references that show that he was there. He was the fire by night. He was the cloud by day. This is God. And he had an angel. And that angel, many people, theologians dispute what the angel says. He says God's name is in the angel that led the Hebrews. Many people speculate that this angel was actually the son of man, Christ himself, in a kind of what they call theophany point here is that the Egyptians got sorry the Hebrews got Egyptian wealth and they had the capacity to make choices they had the capacity to use their free their choice center their heart to glorify God because God himself was with them his presence was there how else will we know our heart without the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the midst of the God if your spouse has never been tested truly how loyal are they i know this is another controversial point however we are making the point that testing shows our loyalty and it shows our character under pressure god or yahweh elohim showed that he can destroy idols as he destroyed dagon in the philistine temple the entire biblical narrative is leading up to the total destruction of the devil satan in the in outer darkness and the lake of fire as the book of revelations teaches however god allows idols he allows antichrist forces to remain to see how loyal that so we can see how loyal we are to him god i believe knows our loyalty he knows our heart and that's what the Bible teaches. Now he wants us to see our heart under pressure. James 1, which is another biblical reference, teaches that evil testing is not from God. However, it is testing that builds perseverance, which leads to hope. And that does not embarrass, embarrass standing man. It's Romans 
5 verse 4, James 1 verse 3 in the Holy Bible. Now there's some testing that is evil. There are testing that just comes from, from people that are making bad choices and getting the consequences of those choices. However, there's also Christ who was tested on the cross. That was not evil in the sense that there that was a destiny that he was destined to face and that it seemed you know what let me leave this discussion alone right now but we're making the point that there are two kinds of testing you can be tested by evil and that's not from god and then you can be tested by good and that is from god everything god does is good there's nothing evil that god does even if it's even if it seems that way to us okay i mean some tricky water here let me leave that one alone and if you have questions you can contact us the point we're making is that evil testing is not from god but the testing is necessary to build our character and lead us into hope fallen man was left with this gift of choice as god doesn't retract his gifts and callings romans eleven twenty nine. But without the power of God that's called an anointing, the election of God, the equipment of God, our choice became a curse. We're going to continue on this right after the break. I've lived out of suitcases, being places that's not home. Alone, knowing that I am one sneeze away from eviction. Understanding that for my protection, groceries stay under the bed. I've lived where you don't sleep comfortably. Not unpacking because it's not your home. That's how Christ felt in me. He showed me the suitcase in the corner. I opened the door and showed him my 100-inch TV, the latest Quirig, all the things he wasn't to touch. I gave him the room to keep the front of my house clean. Clean me up from the visible things. What you see that pride and superiority on the coffee table? Don't you dare go near that. Just keep me looking clean, but don't you dare unpack. No need to put faith, hope, and love on the closet rack. This flesh is my home, just your Airbnb. My selfishness is the reason why you made me free. My Bible school certificate and hermeneutics are the utmost sign of my divinity. My human mentor's pictures all over my living room. As Christ is handed an old wooden room to keep the front of my house clean. I respond to my kids with all kinds of mean. My anointing more precious than the Messiah. How dare Christ interrupt my morning prayer. Just take the broom and sweep the public things. But don't 
dare unpack and take up any space in my life, especially when it's time for the kids and wife. Just curl up in the corner until it's time to sleep again. from turn to burn welcoming you to another segment of this life wrapped on the heart dilemma of man man having a bad heart without the transformation of the gospel and what that leads to we're very very grateful for your presence with us today we ended the previous segment on the point that evil testing does not does not come from god god tests us every testing that god everything god does is good and regardless of how it looks to us and the testing that he allows us that he actually allows us to go through that testing leads us to hope and we're not embarrassed by the testing that god puts us through we ended up also making the point that man was left humans me and you all of us were left with a choice which is a gift from god because God has choice, he made us in his image, he does not retract his gifts and callings, as Romans eleven twenty nine tells us. However, that gift is a curse if we are not in relationship with God. If you, for example, have given your son uh, a brand new Porsche, and this thing goes 200 miles an hour, it's a great gift, it's a good gift. But if your son is two years old and he's not... He does not have the capacity to use that gift effectively. That same gift can become a curse. God gave man choice so that we can love him with all our heart, mind, soul, etc. And we can love our neighbor as ourselves. God, uh, Christ himself gives us that as the royal law, which comes from Deuteronomy 6.5 and other references in the Holy Bible. The mind is the software for the body and the body is the hardware for the mind. If you think of it in a kind of computerized way. Job, which was another gentleman from the, the Bible, from the old world. Job's story is a testament or evidence. It's a witness of God allowing our enemy to test us, to glorify God with our right choices under pressure, under fire. Job, Enoch, Noah, these again are references from the Old, the old Testament or Old Witness. These are testaments. These are people who gave proof on the witness stand of humans before Christ, in a sense, before Christ came in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Well, we know there is really no before Christ technically because he is, uh, he is the he who was, is, and is to come. But when we say before Christ, essentially, we're saying before he manifested as Jesus of Nazareth. So, Job, Enoch, and Noah are testaments of man, let's say technically, before Jesus of Nazareth. And that man making right choices. And these people can motivate us today who are living after the manifestation of God in Christ, in Jesus of Nazareth. These men can motivate us to go deeper in divine love with our choices. We're making the point that if man was able to, before Jesus walked this earth and equipped us with the baptism of fire, with the Holy Spirit, poured out in such an unlimited way now to us, today, man given this, 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 the tap that seemed to be a trickle before Christ came as Jesus of Nazareth, that tap now fully opened 
with the, 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 the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Christ, how much more can we make better choices today if men were able to make great choices without Jesus of Nazareth's manifestation? And we made the point referencing Job, Enoch, and Noah who found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Our choices are the key tool with which we worship God. Romans 15 verse 6. However, these choices also expose our heart. A fallen man will make fallen choices. A fallen human. You and I will make fallen choices if we are not transformed by the Holy Spirit. A holy man will make holy holy decisions. A demonic man will make demonic decisions. While we make decisions, decisions also make us. God made us in his image for us to make choices like him. Israel, this is the name given to Jacob who who was one of the sons of Isaac, means man who rules as God. See Genesis 31, 24 to 30 in the Holy Bible. Luke 12 verse 48 says that responsibility increases with gifting. And man under the Messianic covenant, that covenant is listed in John 3, 16 in the Holy Bible, is even under more judgment, under more criticism, under more uh, inspection than those under the Mosaic covenant. Luke 12, 20, 48 and other biblical references lead us to the conclusion that to whom much is given, much is required. If God gave man free will, then there would be no consequence to rejecting his son, excuse me, and he would be a terrible father to allow his unique, unperverted son, Jesus of Nazareth, to suffer brutally for the totality of the human race's salvation when man could just stay as he is with no fate. We're going to continue on this point after the break. to burntfamilyfamily.com's transformational man cave we are continuing to proceed and go through this heart dilemma life raft on man's heart problem and how to address it through jesus christ of nazareth we made the point previously that god giving us free will which we don't believe that the scriptures teach that god gave us free will if you define free will as the ability to make choices with no consequence or reward that you can just make a choice and you're under no duress to there's no force there's no weight to the choices that we make that we're saying here that it would be wicked for god it would be brutal it would almost be demonic for god the the god of abraham isaac and jacob god who we call yahweh the father of christ to allow to give us free will to just basically water down the gift of his son that we could just ignore forget about his son make choices totally without being conscious of christ and there's no consequence to that we're continuing today and we thank you for we're continuing right now thank you for your presence thank you for your attention and we're grateful for your views even if they differ from ours the point we're saying here is that the fire lake and outer darkness is a fair wage 
for man, humans, for you and me who struggles against the prick and use our mind to choose to totally avoid returning to our makeup. And heaven is an undeserved, supreme gift for those who repent and trust Christ for their choices, with their choices. The ultimate worship is to choose to renounce sin and trust in Christ, as though as that choice reproduces God in us. God has given, God has also given conviction. See John 16, 8-10, and he has given a conscience to man. Romans 2:15 in the Holy Bible, to know that we must choose change. So even with the black heart, that stone heart that an unbeliever in Christ has according to the biblical narrative, we are still able to feel the weight of bad choices, choices that we know lead us away from love, lead us to hurt people and hurt ourselves and ultimately hurt God, Yahweh, the Father of Christ, hurt the Holy Spirit. We, and you know, where people speak, that is church people must live good. People who are Christians must live good. No, the biblical narrative says that all man is held accountable for sin, for living righteous. There is none that is on this planet that will not be held up to the standard that the, uh, the choices that we make must match to Christ. All will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. That is the biblical narrative. So Christ gives us, God gives us conviction and he gives us a conscience. Romans 2.15 tells us that. It tells us that we must choose to change. There's no one that can say, you know what, I have a bad heart, I just had to sin. The point is you can choose to change. You can choose to feel, even if you sear your conscience, you're still under the weight of bad choices. You know when you hurt your kids. You know when you hurt your family. You know when you hurt people around you and you just choose to become indifferent. We, sorry, just choose to become indifferent without the transformation of the gospel. We just choose to not feel badly anymore or to just tell people that that's just how I was raised or we come up with an excuse for bad choices, but we know that these choices are bad. So we're making the point that we, even with the untransformed heart, can choose to change. We can choose to forsake that heart. So to repent, we firstly, and again, we are going through now, what do we do once we recognize we have this problem? We firstly choose to forsake our old heart. Second Chronicles 7.14 tells us we must turn away from our wicked ways. There are a number of steps, additional steps in Second Chronicles 7.14. The other point in repentance is we must seek or identify the cardiologist. So you recognize you have a problem, you say, I don't want this heart of stone anymore. I don't want this black heart that hurts myself, hurts people, and ultimately hurts my creator. I'm going to look for the cardiologist. And the cardiologist is Christ, is God. Psalm 33, 14 to 15, Isaiah 55, verse 6, Matthew 5, verse 8, Psalm 24 can be helpful references for you. you now, when you find the cardiologist, you, you make the next step of coming to the cardiologist, actually approaching the cardiologist. Matthew 11, 28, John 4, 10, Revelation 3, 20 are good references. In fact, Psalm 24, 7 and Psalm 24, 9 indicate that where we lift up our heads, P 
pay divine attention that the Messiah, Christ himself, the chosen one, God's the king of the earth that God chooses and says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. The son of man will come in. The cardiologist actually does house calls. The third area that we want you to recognize in repentance is we should allow him to do the surgery. Ezekiel, I'm going to go a little bit longer than our previous segments here because I don't want to break this. I think this is going to help us all to grow. Uh, we allow him to do the surgery. Ezekiel 36, 26 to 27, John 3, verse 3, Psalm 139, 23 to 24 tells us this. And why we say allow is because this is a surgery that, in a sense, you're awake through. You're conscious. You can see that, for example, if you were used to getting angry, and you love anger because anger is a way that you always defended yourself. You protected yourself through anger. And God now exposes the fact that you cannot be righteous and angry. Because angry, anger and wrath, wrath actually opposes righteousness. When we see, and we made a previous segment on the thug devotions, on the fact that the biblical narrative teaches God, anger is above our pay grade, meaning wrath, uncontrolled passion, or J is the Greek word. That is above man's pay grade. God is the only person who actually has the wrath, has the right for wrath. The, what we are saying here is that, for example, if you're wrathful and you see that, oh, wrath was good to you in the past, wrath was very good if you were promiscuous. You see that promiscuity has allowed you, has given you a certain comfort, has given you pleasure, and you now see that, you know what, I have to let go of this. I cannot have this situation, this way I thought before, even though I loved it, even though it was good to me in the past, quote-unquote good, I feel that that this was beneficial to me. Now the scriptures reveal that this is actually nasty. This is dirty. This is disgusting. This anger that you hosted was actually harming you and your relationship with God and those around you. You know, you can you often what we have seen in my own life. No, I want that. I want to hold on to that. I cannot let that go. And you are so familiar. This is the scriptures called this a familiar spirit. You're so familiar and comfortable you don't want to allow god to do the heart surgery you want to hold on to that homosexual tendency you want to hold on to that drug tendency you want to hold on to that prideful tendency to that tendency to oppose people all the time to be to be to have variance to have some kind of emulation to just copy people and not be yourself not be authentic to who god calls you to be no the surgery is required and he's going to cut that out he's going to remove that and when you see that you're awake through this thing you can choose you know what i'm going to abort this process and go right back to my old heart the scriptures call this the dog returning to his vomit and that's something you can do the tree of knowledge of good and evil is there for you to opt out of this relationship with god opt out of the surgery anytime you want god is not a despot as one minister always told always tells me so you have to allow him to do the surgery. I went on a little bit long because I think that is going to help someone. It has helped me. The next area is we have to get to understand how our new heart works. John 15, 4 to 5, John 17, 3, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Jeremiah 24, 7, 
Ezekiel 11, 19, Romans 12, 2 tells us that. Okay, we're going to break here because this is going to be a longer point. I'm going to continue on this point. If you will be patient, continue with us right after the break. Join the Family Institute today and learn how to make better life choices by cultivating a godly mindset in our messianic mentorship programs. All programs are $120 per person monthly with personal sessions, $100 for individuals and $200 for family. We look forward to have you join the conversation at famtfamily.com. Lincoln here from Turn to Burn, welcoming you again to another segment in this life raft on the heart dilemma of man. We have been going through a real, I think for me, as I go through it, I'm just so much more humbled by this process of the gospel, this news of the gospel. And we said that once we recognize how do we repent, we can one, choose to forsake our old heart. Seek to identify the cardiologist. Who is the one that's going to give us this new heart? Then we can come to the cardiologist and we understand that the cardiologist also does house calls. We allow him to do the surgery. And we get now to the next stage of repentance, which is we get to understand how our new heart works. We gave various references on the new heart, on this process of getting to understand how our new heart works. John 15, 45, 45. John 17 verse 3, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, Jeremiah 24 7, Ezekiel 11 19, Romans 12 verse 2. These are some of the references in the Holy Scripture that this life raft references. I know I'm speeding up a bit, however, I, I want to respect your time. We passionately seek to understand our new heart by scouring the manual. That manual that comes along with our new heart, which we read prayerfully with our life coach, the great Holy Spirit. Manual here is the Holy Bible. We become one with the new spirit he places in us, so we do not return to our previous state. We reference that narrative that the brother Paul uses of the dog returning to his vomit. That's always something you can do, because we of course believe that Calvinism is a heresy. If if there is that if you believe that uh, once saved always saved we also are so impressed by the example of christ who showed us what our new heart can do that we relentlessly seek to take our new hearts for a daily joyride by loving people regardless of what they do to us the new heart appears to be a heart unified to yahweh to god and hence, all with his heart have one heart, and there is no schism amongst them. Unity is a natural outflow of people with the heart of God. Ezekiel 11 verse 19 says, Yahweh will give his people one heart and put a new spirit in them and in them and evict the stony, insensitive heart towards him and give them a heart of flesh. The word is basar, a flesh of nakedness, sensitivity towards God. We recall that in the scriptures, man was naked in the, in, the, in the garden and he was not ashamed. God wants us to be naked and vulnerable, to be open towards him. 
and to not be embarrassed by having a flesh heart, a heart that is sensitive, exposed to God. The purpose of the naked heart is expressed in verse 20 of Ezekiel 11, so that they may walk, the Hebrew word yalak, pursue, follow, hope I didn't mess up the Hebrew, they may follow Abba's or Father Yahweh's statutes, his customs, his mannerisms, his shukah, and his ordinances, his mishpat, his verdicts, his justice. And verse 21 of Ezekiel 11 shows that the consequences of keeping the stone, shows us the consequences of keeping the stony heart. Now, isn't it great to know that our Father God, this, I'm saying our Father to those that have been transformed by the gospel, the our Creator, for those who haven't, His customs and justice go before His believers, paving the way for them to manifest Him. Those with the new heart are unified to manifest God's sovereign will. Divine unity can only exist where man has received the baptism of repentance and receives God's heart's transplant. Now, we have many pastors, many spiritual and religious leaders, and many persons who head families that have these rifts in their family and are trying to get the family to be unified when people have different hearts and the scriptures the biblical narrative says you cannot have any divine unity with people with different hearts different hearts if you are yoked to unbelievers it means that you may have an unbelieving heart don't be yoked with unbelievers we're not saying that you should not have some kind of friendship and and some kind of engagement because we're called to engage but that engagement is not an engagement of spiritual equals not saying that we're superior but that we're different and the point here is that when we're trying to have uh be one with people who don't have the heart of christ that shows that we may misunderstand the heart that god has given us now we celebrate luke 13 verse 3 knowing that if we invert the verse those who repent will be saved it says repent or perish so once you repent you will be saved and that is something that tells us that we should walk in that state of being transformed now isn't christ impressive we urge you to send your comments send your reactions to us at connect at famtfamily.com we urge you to also share your views with us at Famity Strong, which is our Facebook handle. You can also visit our website at famtyfamily.com. Register for some of our ministry sessions there, some of our tools. We have a great team of messianic mentors that can help you to walk with Christ and to impact our communities. Lincoln here from Turn to Burn, encouraging you today to have a great day crushing effeminacy, crushing maliteracy. Why rob God and this world of you and your family? And until next time, be nuclear. Join the Family Institute today and learn how to make better life choices by cultivating a godly mindset in our messianic mentorship programs. 
All programs are $120 per person monthly, with personal sessions $100 for individuals and $200 for family. We look forward to have you join the conversation at famtfamily.com.